Hello everyone, my name is Kendall and welcome to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. And just like any book club, we'll only be spending half the time actually talking about books. And this is that half. In these book club episodes of this podcast, my guests and I will be bonding over my favorite hobby, reading. Getting to know their relationship to books, the ones they love, the ones that have made the biggest impact on them, and so much more. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that my guests and I will be sharing our own personal experiences, opinions, and possible book spoilers throughout this episode and all future episodes. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another book club episode. And welcome back, my guest from my previous episode, Madison Horner. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So let's jump right into it. Maddie, do you like to read? What is your relationship to reading? I do like to read. I wish I could say my relationship was better than it is. Uh, I think I, when I was a kid, I was like an incredibly voracious reader. I read just about everything. Um, but I think being an English major, <laughs> weirdly enough, turned me because I had to read. Like I had yeah. to do it. And I had to do so much of it that I think I lost a little bit of reading for pleasure because mm-hmm. I just simply didn't have the time. Yeah. Um, and then um, I've just been really bad about trying to pick it back up as an adult. But um, I'm also somebody who now as an adult, because I'm really trying to repair that, is I read like four or five books at once. Interesting. Um, I have like, I'm like a third of the way finished with like five books and then I'll buy another one and I'll do the same thing. And then the stack on my nightstand just gets higher and higher. You just don't finish them? (laughs) I like, I'll finish the top one and then I'll finish this one. And then, but then another one will come on. So those three at the bottom will just tell me. So you're constantly reading. I am. I am. Never ending. It's never ending. Um, I think the last book that I fully finished was in like August. Okay. or September but I'm right now I'm reading I think four books <laughs> yeah and do they vary in genre like what is the genre that you go to no so that's funny I am nonfiction girly I like really uh, yes I read a lot of memoirs a lot of firsthand accounts a lot of for like lack of a better word self-help because they're okay. not like um it's not like take control of her life like wake up at three o'clock in the morning and yeah, go yeah, for a yeah. run like it's not that it's like yeah. um more like just life stuff like yeah. you know easy life lessons and stuff yeah. but it's firsthand nonfiction, right so it's like mm-hmm. nonfiction. I do sprinkle in a good if a good fiction book is recommended to me I'll add it to my queue yeah um but for the most part every book that was on my nightstand like four or five books are all nonfiction. interesting yeah uh-huh. do you like true crime I feel like you're a true crime liker yeah. I love true crime. Yes. One of the books okay. that I just bought that's now been added to the top of my stack um, is based on um, a real crime case. It's based on a show on AB, um, on Apple TV called Blackbird. <gasps> yes. So good. Yeah. So I just bought his book because I was okay. like, this is not it. I can't do this. Is There's more. I need to read it. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I have to get more. Yeah. 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 So have you been a, obsessed love- with like the Murdaugh, um Oh, yeah. Murders. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Obsessed. TikTok has kept me up to date. Yeah. I love on. true crime. Yeah. Okay. So do you read, you read like non nonfiction true crime stuff as well then? Yeah. True crime stuff. Um, the last fiction I read was like um, psychological thriller. It was um, Greenwich Park. Oh, wow. um, I don't think I've read it. I, I can't remember who wrote it. I didn't bring it with me. I, so I apologize. But okay. um, it's like kind of psychological thriller. That it's very similar to like the woman in the window. Did you read the woman in the window? I did. Yes, yeah. and then yeah, 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 and then they did like a a a like parody movie or show. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, they yeah. Did, and they, but they also made a real movie of it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was kind of Greenwich Park is kind of like that where you're yeah. not really sure like who that person is, if is it real, like who's. So I like that kind of when it comes to yeah. fiction, I like the mystery, yeah, crimey kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's Greenwich Park by Catherine Faulkner. Mm-hmm. I think. Yes. If I can read correctly. Yeah. Interesting. Have you ever read, I have a nonfiction one for you. It's, 
I wonder if you'll find it interesting. It's called Lessons of a Crematorium. Ooh. Pretty sure it's called. Let me look it up. Well, I I can't write. I can't like (laughs) spell for some reason. Lessons of a crematorium or from a crematorium? Oh my gosh. No, I'm wrong. It's called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Lessons from a Crematoria. Crematory? Crematory? Why does that not sound like a real word? Is it is it like a first hand account of someone who like works in like yeah a crematorium? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah by Jeez. Caitlin Doty, Doty. God, I can't pronounce names. I'm so sorry. Oh, but okay. yeah, it's yeah. And it's Ooh. yeah, it's somebody's it's her story of working at a crematorium. Like why yeah. can't I say this word? No, no version of this word sounds <laughs> correct. I just want to like put that out there. It's the word cream. Yeah. Why? Crematory? Crem- crematory. Why does that not sound right? But it's cremate. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's very yeah. good. I really liked it. It was a random find on TikTok, I think. And I was like, wait, this is really interesting. And I really liked okay. it. Yeah. And it's not too that. big and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So... So when do you read then all of these books? At night. Okay. I'm a night reader. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to get out of the habit of scrolling for 12 hours on TikTok before I try to go to bed. You blink uh, and it's four hours later. Yeah. Every time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, and I'm one of those people that's like, I just I can't sit through a movie. And then I'm on TikTok for 19 hours. And I'm like, oh, all of a sudden it's 8 p.m. <laughs> Literally, I will, it will be like, eight or nine o'clock and I'm like ah oh, I guess I could like watch an episode of something or right like a movie is too long and then I blink and it's 1 a.m and I've scrolled on TikTok for four hours and I had every my time. book in my lap that uh-huh. happens to me yeah every time yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. yeah okay so you're a night reader now night reader. my next question is how far into a book do you get before you give up and you're like this is not for me or do you read it all the way through I'm gonna read it all the way through Wow. I, don't, I don't think I've ever abandoned a book. Really? Even, I'll say the woman in the window. I got close. I just it. I, I did too. It was too long. I just thought it was way too long, and I got like halfway through it, and I was like, "I'm I'm bored. I'm bored." And my roommate was like, "You have to keep reading," and I'm like, "Okay." So then I finished it. And I was like, "Oh, okay. The last fifty pages are amazing, but the first two hundred fifty pages were so long." Okay, see, I have a really hard time with books like that. And it's no shade to everybody who writes them. But I think also because I had such a love for like YA for so long to this day, I'm used to something being fast and quick and whatnot. But a friend of mine who a couple episodes ago I talked about, they suggested this book called The Last Party by Clara McIntosh. Mm -hmm. And I remember them saying like it's so good like you're gonna love it it's so good it's so good their partner was like it's so good it's so good and I was like okay I picked it up once didn't get through it picked it up the second time couldn't I got 138 pages in and I was like I know that this can get good but like it's not getting there for me and I like don't there are so many books I want to read so I do this thing now where I skim like I skimmed Mm. the rest of the book till the end got the twist even if I had to reread a couple pages to get it totally got the twist got the ending was like oh that was great but like, unfortunately, I couldn't read it. Yeah. No shade, but I just, I need the immediate gratification and immediate satisfaction of like what is happening, what's going to happen and build it for me. Yeah. And I was, now that I'm thinking about it to almost answer your first question, I was like a really, really good reader when I was living in New York because I didn't have to drive to commute anywhere. So I had a book with me literally at all times. So I would sit on the train because I had maybe like, depending on the day, like a 35 to 40 minute train ride to get back to my apartment from my office. So I literally just sit yeah, and read. And so I was flying through books and to, I read a lot of YA during that time. But for that reason, I think because to your point, they're very quick. They're fun to read. I'm engaged. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there for 40 minutes and I'm already halfway through the book. And I'm like, yep. great. Um, And then the woman in the window was a struggle. I was like, this is just taking to look I know it's gonna get good like I can feel I can feel there's a twist I understand but I'm like I've looked it at my roommate and I'm like dude and she's like you just have it like in like 50 pages it's gonna get good I'm like in 50 pages yeah 
how yeah. like come on get me there yeah but having a conversation with that friend they were like no I like the build-up and I was like wow maybe I need to be patient enjoy- like yeah patient. be patient and like it's something I want to learn how to do in my normal life anyways be patient but like maybe I do have to be patient and like enjoy the build-up a little bit more but yeah, yeah something I struggle with too yeah me too so what is your favorite book my favorite book of all time oh no I should have thought about this I mean I know it's a hard thing to try and pick one so I'll say I'll say probably a book that is nostalgic for me and Mm. one that I will come back to and this is probably a popular answer I'm guessing I know exactly what it's gonna be or will be it's Harry Potter I know it (laughs) it is second it's the second Harry Potter really Chamber of Secrets I read it in first or second grade with my reading buddy and I didn't understand anything obviously because I'm eight <laughs> and they're using words like expelliarmus and I'm supposed yeah. to know what the hell they're talking about and um and then I remember seeing that movie with my cousins when it came out like again I'm like eight and uh being traumatized forever of spiders and snakes mm-hmm. um Yep. Not, I have a snake tattoo. So uh, obviously, obviously I got <laughs> I over that. And I, I think you're a Slytherin if I... I am. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Um, but that I rem- that book is like very nostalgic for me. Yeah. And it's my favorite movie of the series. And Lee. that book is... And I read it. Uh, since then, I've read it several times. Because yeah. I was like... I was five years old when I read this. Like I have yeah. to read it again. Yeah. It's amazing how much a certain series like impacts such a generation across like various families and like across the world and that's crazy that that does that yes and it's so funny that you say that because there's a podcast that I listen another podcast I listen to that's all about culture and they always ask at the end they ask their guests what's a moment what's um a moment in culture for you that made you say culture was for you Mm -hmm. and a lot of the people that they interview that are around our age say Harry Potter yeah it was like a my God, everybody was in line to get all the books. Like you had to stand in line for the midnight premieres. Like we, I mean, I feel like in, it's a normal conversation to be like, what, like Hogwarts house are you? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's like a language in it of itself. It's like crazy. And even these people that they're asking this question to, like, what was the culture that like defined you? Even if they're like, this isn't the main, this isn't going to be my answer, but I have to say it because if I didn't say it, I'd be lying. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm just going to say Harry Potter to get out of the way. And then I'm going to say, you know, whatever this is. Yeah. But like almost everybody is always like when I stayed up until midnight to wait in line for the fourth Harry Potter book, Barnes and Noble down the street with my best friend. And my mom was mad at me because I had a math test in the morning, like whatever it is. Like, so I just think, I don't know if it's, I can confidently say it's my favorite book, but if I think about a book that like my earliest memory of like, really reading a book like really reading yeah. a, like a book and then seeing a movie and being like okay I have to redo it like I have to yeah. rebuild a relationship with this thing um is probably Harry Potter yeah it's but a boring I... answer but no it, but it's it a is. good one it's a real one I mean but what disappointment that the author just is the way that she is yeah like ruined it for everybody like way to just ruin our childhood you you she's she's worth a bajillion dollars she yeah. simply doesn't have to talk yeah literally yeah, but I, you don't yeah. have to do anything. But yeah. I will say that it 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 I like that the actors that then we grew up with watching in the movies have been so outspoken about the things that then like we believe in and you know yes. being kind and compassionate to other communities as well. Like that's amazing and thankful for that. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. But ah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. It's true though. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to be that basic, but no, but it's true. You had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the favorites. Um, what ooh, what is a genre? You already said you read a lot of nonfiction, but like if you were gonna pick another genre to read, what would it be? Mm. Somebody says you can't read any more nonfictions. What are you reading? More nonfiction. Um, I read a lot of YA as well. Okay. A lot of why. Like, I was a John Green girl. You were. Back in the day, I read everything he ever did. Um, The last thing I have is Turtles All the Way Down, which I read a long time ago. I should reread it. It's on my bookshelf. Um, He just put out a new 
one about with essays, I think. Oh, really? And apparently it's phenomenal. Oh, um, okay. And I stand up. by that phase of my life, okay? Those books are fantastic. As mm-hmm. a 13-year-old person, mm-hmm. I was like, this is everything. Yep. Um, I wrote when I was in, um, when I studied abroad, I took a film adaptations class and it's the best class I've ever taken at school ever, uh, best professor ever. And um, so we, we would read and then we would watch, right? Mm-hmm. So we were studying the adaptation from book to screen. And the end of the class, we had to write the first 15 pages of an original screenplay on a book that hadn't been adapted yet. Ooh. And I, yeah, yeah, and I chose Looking for Alaska because at the time it hadn't been made into the Hulu series or whatever. Can I just tell you something? And I don't know who I need to sue, but <laughs> it, they started, they opened that series the exact same way that I opened my screenplay. <laughs> I had to pull it out, be like, it's dated. I, yeah. I texted so I'm still very good friends with my professor who taught that class and I have him on whatsapp he still lives in London and I texted him and I was like I'm gonna sue you did you sell <laughs> my screenplay and he was like no but I was like go watch it I was like do you still have it and he was like yeah and he read it and then he watched it he was like oh my god I was like am I a genius uh is this the like, next step in your career because that's, that's what, what I'm I, I was like why didn't you tell me I was a genius at the time <laughs> Clearly, I've done something great here. So I was, I was YA John John Green girly, but I still, I like read like, especially in New York. Um, one of my really good friends, he is like super into YA, and um, so he would send me all, and I'm like, okay, uh-huh. add to Amazon card, add to Amazon card. Um, so I read a lot of like, can't remember his name, but um, there's a book called Aristotle and Dante, um, mm-hmm. take on the universe or something yep. like that. Love that one. Um, they both die in the end. Have you read is that, that one? the name of the book, or is that what happens? It's a well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's both. Oh, um, they both die at the end by Adam Silvera. Yes, him. He writes a lot this. of books that I've uh, I really like. Really? Okay, I'll add that one. Yeah, he writes a lot that I really like. Um, and then I also got into the world of like, um. Love Simon, mm. um, Leon the Offbeat, like all of those kind of off ones. So I, why I, I love it. I think to your point, like they're quick, they're easy, they are heartfelt. Like I'm like I believe this. Yes. Yeah. I'm in, I'm invested in yeah. who you are and this relationship or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. I don't like romance inherently for some. I don't like romance movies. I don't like romance novels. I don't like shows that are like I've never seen the notebook and I have no plans to ever see the notebook I can't oh, yeah. do it oh, my heart but yeah I can't do it I can't do it I'm like I'm gonna be bored yeah. I don't um, yeah I don't either I don't read a lot of romance and I don't watch a lot of the movies mm-mm. but I like I've seen them but I don't like watch the it. like what's the notebook who wrote that oh Nicholas Sparks you didn't read all of his books no yeah oh they get me I will say like and I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion or not but like Nicholas no, Sparks I think books were like oh my god I just like sob. sob no I think you're on I think you're on the right side of history with that opinion I think yeah. I'm wrong yeah <laughs> um all my girlfriends growing up were obsessed always yeah. read everyone yeah them. yeah yeah that's interesting yeah I I yeah I've had a lot of conversations on this podcast about which my next question is going to be like what are book tropes you like and mm. everybody has a lot of these like romance tropes that they like and whatnot and I was like suddenly I realized I don't read a lot of romance books or like, like enemies to lovers kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I don't yeah. read a lot of them and, but people love them. So what are some book tropes that you like, whether it's a romance one, or I had to look up like other ones that exist outside of romance, like a quest and a prophecy or, you know, Ooh. a heist or switching between times or a sacrifice or like those kind of things. Oh, all of the above. Yeah. yeah. I love every, all of those in one. That's all those things. All of those things in one book. Sign me up. I really like, um, I think this is like, I love Shakespeare. I love, love, love Shakespeare. So I think the trope I tend to, to your, what, one of the things you just said is like quest, something, something, prof, a prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Something like that. Would you like say that. you like the Percy Jackson series? I have, okay, first of all, I've never read them. <laughs> 
What? Your sister Shelby spent her entire episode talking about Percy Jackson and you've never read them? And I've seen the first movie. Oh, well, that's a mistake on your part. You should have read the books and not (laughs) seen the movie. I will say, though, Rick Riordan, who wrote the books, is doing the, like, Disney Plus show. He's, like, helping on that, and it looks really good. Oh, that's good. Okay. But that's funny. I've never read them, and I think I would really like them because I love- too. I love a Greek mythology moment. Um, I'm not against them. I just, they've never, they never hit my desk, to be honest. They just never, I never was like- And Shelby, I feel like- and I don't know if this to be true. I feel like she was a, a Percy Jackson. She came into that late. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't something like Harry Potter was something that all of our friends were reading in yeah. fifth grade. Yeah. Like I didn't know anybody that was reading Percy yeah. Jackson. So you couldn't like not do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't know that like, it wasn't like, okay, you and I are in English class together in sixth grade. And you're like, have you read this book? And I'd be like, no, yeah. it's Percy Jackson. Like, okay. Yeah. I, d- I didn't really know about it. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe is it a little bit after us almost? Um, I think well, my sister Morgan read it during they she was like it. in like the fifth same or sixth grade. Yeah, like she was reading it at the time in which um she she was reading it before the fourth book came out or fifth book, which is one of the end of the series. So she was reading alongside it being written and at the right age. I think the difference is and um I think that it's predominantly and I may be incorrect about this, but I think that it was predominantly like advertised for boys like boys right and so and Morgan growing up was a little bit more on the tomboy side of things I hate saying this it sounds so gendered and like sexist but she was very interested in like Captain Underpants books and you know these books that were predominantly advertised for boys and so she like Percy Jackson like she wasn't reading a romance she wasn't reading a pretty liars she wasn't reading like you know these the click books like that was not her space that on the other hand was my space for my fan yeah love those click books are you kidding exactly so i think that's why it like she gravitated okay. towards it but the minute like she picked it up and loved it then my mom and me and my other sister picked it up and we loved it they're yeah. so good but that's what i think was the mistake there a little bit but yeah and i didn't know a lot of people that were reading it when she was either so i'm curious how she figured it out but found it yeah i wasn't i think like at the time the books like the kind of serious books that i feel like to find my growing up were Harry Potter, Hunger Games. Mm. Um, what else was everybody reading? The Click. Everyone was reading yeah. the Click stuff. Or Nicholas Sparks. I feel like all my girlfriends yeah. were reading those. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Oh, a series of unfortunate events. I had a lot of friends yeah. were reading that. Or like the Spiderwick Chronicle. Spiderwick. Yeah. I liked those too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those were. I didn't really have a lot of friends or yeah, know a lot of people that were reading yeah. those ones. I, I think I would like them probably yeah. a lot. Yeah, and yeah. I wonder how it was laid out in like the scholastic magazines we got too, because that would probably like your eyes would go to the thing that matched True. your own thought process. So yeah, I could see that. So we talked about some like plot themes and tropes. If you were to pick up a romance novel, would you be an enemies to lovers fan, a second chances, and opposites attract? Like, where do you lie with that? Because everybody that's come on here has been like, enemies to lovers, love it. And I'm like, don't love it. I don't know why. You don't love it. I don't. I feel like it's, I don't know. I, I've said it before where I think that, I don't know. I think that a lot of the times the way it's done is like in such a, you know, one of the characters is a little bit more troubled and like yeah, yeah. the other person has to save them rather than like it being an equal playing uh. field and like you're not there to raise somebody else and make them better like you're supposed to like grow together so I feel like that's the way it's always been presented to me I don't know and it's always like I don't know yeah that's kind of what I think but it's funny because Shakespeare is so dramatic in that you would think just about to say I think Shakespeare like when I think like Romeo and Juliet like I guess they're they're enemies but their families are yeah star-crossed lovers lovers. yeah yeah they're star-crossed so that's a fun trope even maybe or like they're not necessary because they didn't they didn't hate each other no. their families hated each other yeah I don't know that's a really good question and used to lovers is like I, I I agree with what you're saying yeah and it feels sometimes forced yeah also like what does that teach me like I think about that a lot when I think of yeah. romance tropes like what is that teaching me that I have to 
do. And I feel like it's growing up, it never gave the best impression of things. You know, like somebody. Yeah. yeah. But now I'd be interested to see what other genres you would be interested in reading. Like, do you, would you be interested in reading thrillers? Like if you used to like them? Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Totally. I have some good ones, some quick ones. I actually, okay. okay, I have a perfect one for you. I think you'll like, it's called, it's one of my favorites. It's called Who is Maude Dixon by um, Alexandra Andrews. And it's basically about this young girl around our age, in her 20s, I think, who works in publishing in New York and ends up quitting her job because she gets the job of being the assistant to this world-renowned author, Maude Dixon, whose identity, whose true identity is hidden. Like nobody knows who knows who Maude Dixon is. But she ends up being that author's assistant. So she leaves New York to go live with that author and like be their like her assistant. And then that author is writing a new book and it takes place in Morocco. So they mm-hmm. fly to Morocco and then some stuff happens and some craziness happens, but it was really good. Okay, I will add it. I added to my list. That one a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. I so, love it. I love thrillers. Yeah. I have a ton of thrillers. You should you should get a Goodreads and follow me. I know. I know. Somebody's got one too. <laughs> so what book do you think has taught you the biggest lesson or a lesson that you remember? Mm, that's a good one. Um, I think I have two answers for this because one I'm still reading, but it's headed in that direction and then one I um finish and one is called speak um by Tunde her last name is Oyenyan I think is how you say it I'm not 100% sure she's a cycle instructor and she wrote a book called speak and it's a book about it's a memoir so it's about her life um but about body image about um community she has a whole chapter about being a cycle instructor during the pandemic and during the Black Lives Matter with uh, George Floyd murder. She's a Black woman and kind of what that meant to her and the community that has surrounded her with cycling and with fitness and whatever. And I just like was just soaking every everywhere. Yeah. I was like, this woman is has so much to say. It's called Speak, right? Like she's like, yeah. so I learned so much from her about just how I see myself um and I think about the connecting with others or about using the things that I like like fitness or cycle or running or whatever to connect with others and how how freaking meaningful that it can be um and so she's a big one and then there's one that I'm reading now it's called and I don't want to um I have it here I'll show you it's called Bravey um by Alexi Pappas um and she's an Olympic a former Olympic athlete she's a runner um and it is also a memoir um but she just talked a lot about her life as well but this book is huge for me because I'm still I did a lot of this in New York of kind of repairing my relationship with fitness but this book is totally doing it for me too because she's had to do a lot of that I think she found so she was an Olympic athlete but um she had that pressure of competition of having to be a certain level of having to show up as a yeah. certain kind of person and now stepping outside of being an Olympian and just being an athlete, like just yeah. running yeah. and, and all the things that she's reminding herself to do and things that she's reminding me to do. Uh, the forward in the book is by Maya Rudolph. Um, so it's funny and really heartfelt. And um, now Alexi, she's a good, she's a great follow on Instagram for anybody, even if you're yeah. not a runner and athlete, okay. she's a great follow on Instagram. She does a lot of guided running now. So she'll oh. be a guide for a runner with disabilities, um, a blind runner or whatever, who's running like the New York City Marathon or the London Marathon or something. She is a guide now. That's um, cool. And she like covers herself in glitter and she wears costumes and she's just like out there for fun. And um, I think I have a lot to learn from her. And so I'm like halfway through the book now, um, but it's been a real eye-opening read for me. I love that. Well, I, I like don't read a lot of nonfiction and it's something I wanted to get back into. And it's interesting every time somebody comes on here and shares what nonfiction they're interested in, it's like so telling of the things you love or the things you're interested in. And like both mm-hmm. of those books align so well with the sports and fitness that you really like. And that's really yeah. cool that you have that. Thank you. And you Thank have you. people's personal stories, which I think are always lovely. 
yeah, yeah, it's been really helpful because I think it's really easy to think or to try to do the work yourself. And it's a really hard thing to do. I mean, it's a really hard thing to do. But I, once I have someone like her, she was a freaking Olympian, Tunde, who is on a, a national stage, international stage, mm-hmm. um, opening herself up to being judged um, and having to speak through and get people through hard times constantly. Like mm-hmm. every single time she takes that bike, there's somebody on the other end of that screen or in that studio that is bringing baggage. And yeah. she has to, for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 60 minutes, like make you forget about something like yeah. that. Um, or particularly, like I said, during the kind of Black Lives Matter uh, inception, she still had to get up on that podium yeah. as a Black woman and like still try to bring yeah. people together and make you forget about this thing that's happening or call it into the room and still ride through it. Like it just... Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning a lot from them. Yeah. I I will say I have taken cycling classes and I like them a lot. Yeah. Because I you just the instructor is usually so has so much energy and so much like you said, they bring everything into the room and they like make you in that like 30, 40 minute time or whatever you're, that you're there, like either nothing else matters or everything matters and it all pertains yeah. to like whatever you're gonna do on that bike and it's you and it's very I always really appreciated it also as a class where I think every instructor that I ever had constantly said like you are just up against your own time you are just up against your own thing like it's very it's a open and warm environment while still being like you're just challenging yourself and nobody else I really yeah. enjoyed that yeah absolutely I think community fitness classes I'm really glad that they had I don't know even like five years I feel like I've gotten big with like cycling big cycling companies having Mm in-person cycling classes or I took treadmill classes when I was in New York which were really fun um but I think fitness is more fun when you can do it with other people like when you're in the room with everyone's in the same boat like we're all having like kind of a bad time but also a good you know like but also a good time but pretty much we're all dying yeah Um, the energy together yes it's like game recognizing game like we're all here we all showed up like I have the opportunity to leave leave life at the door for a second and just like yeah focus on one thing yeah um I think yeah no I love it I love that too so what is a book that you wish you could read again for the first time I love this question this is a really good question um a book I can read again for the first time I know my sister said Percy Jackson oh yes (laughs) Um, yes. Uh, I'm yes, pretty yes. sure. Ooh. Ooh. The Outsiders. Ooh, that's a good one. The Outsiders. I think that was probably my, like, earliest memory of a book. I read it in middle school, I believe. And I think that was, like, the earliest memory of, like, a real person book that yeah. I had to read for class. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, like, yeah. up until that point, we've been reading, you know, not, like, kid books but like yeah I don't know but for lack of a better word right like eighth grade yeah. I think I was the first year we read like The Outsiders 1984 Fahrenheit 451 like yeah real literature yeah and The Outsiders is just so good yeah yeah and I remember that feeling now that you say it of like reading a real first real big like literature type book and yeah like, feeling as a kid being like oh this was like real this was yeah serious this had it, it makes you feel something like that. And like, I think it was the first time that I ever like had a conversation with my teacher. My teacher was phenomenal, mm. but uh, like, like this was a discussion about like literature. Like mm-hmm. this is a piece of profound yeah. literature. Yeah. It's going to be taught like that. There's going to be taught forever. Yeah. People are going to be reading this forever. And I feel the same probably about like 1984, Fahrenheit 451. Like these are yeah. books that are going to be taught forever. Isn't that crazy? Of men. Yeah. Yeah. Of Animal um, Farm. Animal Farm. What's um the other one? Um, par- um, the one where all the boys are on the island. Oh my God, Lord of the Flies is one of my Lord of the favorites. Flies. Yes. Yeah. 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 So those books, but I think yeah. The Outsiders was the first time I like, because I don't know that I like particularly enjoy Fahrenheit four fifty one. Um, I really like Catcher in Their Eye as well. That's probably mm. up there. But Outsiders is, I mean, it's just a great book. It's yeah. a really good book. Yeah. Um. It's hard. It's like kind of like hard to read as an eighth grader, mm-hmm. like challenging, yeah. but also like there's violence. Yeah. There's and like real like, topics of real life that you have to grapple with. 
yeah and now that I'm saying this like I kind of want to reread it because I don't <laughs> I don't think I've reread it since yeah eighth grade. I don't yeah. think I've read a lot of those since I read them in school and I'm sure Same. I had a different take on them then yeah me too like, yeah interesting that's a good one though but yeah what a great thought of like the first time you read a real piece of literature that you knew would stand the test of time and yeah, be that, taught that wasn't like like I feel like Roald Dahl you know like it wasn't like James mm. and Giant Peach which is still literature that's still people are still yeah. gonna read James and Giant Peach they're still yeah. gonna read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory but I feel like you studied James and Giant Peach so much differently than we studied yeah 1984 or yeah. The Outsiders or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. and how funny, like something like 1984, where you're looking at a dystopian world and then you see like certain things happen in your own history and you're just like, huh. Like this will never happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but when you stay, you like live to see so much happen and you just revert back to these pieces of literature that were written, like Handmaid's Tale written in, yes. what, you know, years a ago. A long time ago. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, this question is going to be an interesting one because you love film and you've kind of already addressed movies and books, but okay. do you think the book is always better than the movie? Um, no. Hmm. I think, I think I would have, okay, I think I would have a different per- answer if I hadn't taken that class. I'm going to be so honest. I think what uh taking film adaptations class and like reading the book and then watching it and being like oh my god this is atonement i think is an example for me okay i think the movie is so much better than the book really i've never seen the movie and i don't even know if i've read the book Kieran knightley um yeah it's like a fame very famous movie i mean it's a very famous book yeah it's like an incredibly famous movie and I just think, remember trying to read Atonement and being like, I cannot get through this. And then watching the movie and being like, oh, this is incredible. Like, yeah. I'm dumb, you know? Interesting. So I think not always, but I do think that film uh, sometimes loses, I mean, obviously, because of time. Like, although, except nowadays, there's like four-hour movies. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> but um, yeah. some of the other ones, I would say probably everything else we read was probably better in the book yeah. but atonement is the one that stuck out that i was like oh no this movie is i think so much better than yeah. i hope people listening are not like atonement super <laughs> <laughs> but no i agree i also think like what a different also like what a different experience to read like let's say one of these books that at the time i didn't fully comprehend or understand or i couldn't get through because it was difficult and whatnot and then to see the movie of it and have yeah. a better connection to it but then maybe now as an adult I'll reread it and be like oh yeah of course Catcher in the Rye was like really good but right as a freshman in high school I was like I'm really trying to just like understand half of these words right. like, <laughs> you know so I think that also might be different as well yeah. yeah and I think giving given the like the world that you can visually see I think is always really cool like I I say that for fantasy or dystopian or anything like sci-fi like being able to see it is such and like see it come to life that way, even if it's not what you imagined, like seeing a dragon, like how cool, yeah, yes. a different experience. Yes. And I think that's why I've never watched or I've never read Game of Thrones mm. because I'm still a little bit scared to mm. because I'm like, this world is so perfect on my TV. Like it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, that last season we can talk about forever, but like... <laughs> But like visually, yeah, and t- the tone and like the acting and the costume and like the yeah. world that they created for six seasons, seven seasons, however many it was, was yeah. tr- was perfect. Yeah, and so I'm like scared to read the book because to your point, I know there's gonna be words in there I don't know. Yeah. I know there's gonna be descriptions of things that I'm like, huh? I don't. She's doing what? Who's <laughs> that? Whereas like I watched the movie and I, or the show and I'm like, I get it. And yeah. she's walking there and she's doing that thing and understood like yeah so I, that's one of the reasons I haven't picked up Game of Thrones yeah I always wonder like what's better to read the book first and then watch the movie or tv show or the opposite and I think it's it's got to be different for every single one like I think totally it, something like Game of Thrones I probably fantasy if I didn't have if I hadn't already read the book I probably would watch the show first to have that visual because it would help me read and like create that imagery in my head yes 
controversial opinion, but I think, no. you know. I think, actually, it's funny that you say that because now I'm almost taking back my opinion because I feel like if I read Game of Thrones now, I probably would understand it way better mm. because I have watched the yeah, show. Yeah, maybe. But I say the opposite for Harry Potter. One of the series that I think I read alongside watching the movie. So, like, we read the books as a family and, like, the first few books and we're like, wow, this is amazing. I am creating this. And it's one of the first times I get to create this in my head and whatnot. And then to see it come to life so well was just the cherry on top so I wonder, yeah like a awesome. yeah it is it's always different and I think like looking for Alaska that series mm. not great I mean it could have um, been if they had just it taken, been. <laughs> taken your assignment listen listen that's what that's what I'm saying I don't know who I gotta sue I'm telling you <laughs> um but yeah like that I thought I have plenty of examples of bad adaptations yeah but I think like things like the Hunger Games and Harry Potter and I mean, how did we not bring up Twilight? Oh yeah. What a what like, a staple to our childhood. <laughs> One that I don't know now I would reread or not. Like it's not I think back I think and I'm could. a little like, how was I so consumed with this? But, like, you know what? Just I remember yeah and I remember like not wanting to get into it like everyone was reading it and I was like I will not read this yeah like you guys are crazy <laughs> I am not reading this and then my, my best friend was like no like I'm gonna level with you you have to read this book and uh-huh. I'm like fine and then I was like oh it's the best book I've ever read got it like, <laughs> it wasn't right but at the yeah. time I'm like, this is like yeah. amazing yeah I had the opposite everybody was reading it and I was like okay like I'll read it like if everybody loves it like why not and then I just like it just consumed you and you I just gave in so oh yeah I like, totally gave in yeah drowned in it just oh yeah so good yeah but I don't think it's something I would reread now no I don't think I could I don't think I could get through it <laughs> yeah and it's so funny that like that like I think that now some of that story I would find very infuriating like, oh yeah oh my god yeah I don't love a love triangle I don't love a like if they're together and then they're not together and they like I ugh, can't I be on that roller coaster with you. I hate let's go back to favorite tropes. My least favorite <laughs> is probably love triangle. I'm serious. I hate it. Yep. I like can't stand it usually. I can't stand it. I feel like it also gets dragged out as almost the main story in some books. And you're just like, dude, like there's so much else that we should be focusing on. We've been through this dance. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Let's and go. it becomes like the whole personality for at least one of the people yeah. like their only storyline is that they're in this love triangle and I'm like so I don't care about them like I'm yeah. automatically rooting for the other person if they have a real <laughs> personality because this person's only storyline is that they're in this yeah. love triangle and they're like consumed yeah. with this other person yeah no I don't like yeah. it yep I don't like it either and I've said it before on this podcast the only love triangle that I stand by is in in Jennifer oh. Lynn Barnes inheritance games like I could oh I don't, I've never seen that it's so good Okay, that's a good one. All right, yeah. yeah. Jennifer Lynn Barnes is the best. I love her for YA like mysteries and thrillers. She's so good. Her other ones you would probably like is called the Naturals series, and it's like a young Criminal Minds, but like with Ooh. teenagers. Okay. Is a bunch of kids that have um, abilities, but not really abilities like powers, but abilities in the way that they're just. They can read people in certain ways, tell whether mm. they're lying or not, whatnot. And so the FBI recruits them to work with cold cases mm. and kind of solve it. But then they get caught up in a serial killer and like it's a whole series of this. And it's Ooh. really good. I really Ooh, enjoyed it. Okay. it. It felt like it felt like criminal minds, like a team like that and going to these places and I could just see it. And so I really liked that that one too. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I love stuff like that. Yeah, but she's really good. So what was the last really good book that you read? Okay. The last really good book that I read, um, I have it. I brought it. Hold on, let's see. I think. Yeah. Okay. It's called Foul is Fair. Foul is Fair. Um, by Hannah Kappen, C-A-P-I-N. Um, and this is going to be a little bit nerdy. and uh, So it's YA. But it, it is. It yeah. is. Uh, it's on my want to read. Is it? Foul is fair. Yeah. Very good. Um, I will say my my only disclaimer is it is extremely cheesy. Like 
it gives it gives Riverdale season one like <laughs> but in a good way yeah like Riverdale season one was good right the other yeah. ones what are they doing yeah um they're like all vampires now or something I don't understand <laughs> but it, Phallus Fair it's Macbeth so Ooh. it's a YA telling of Macbeth um it's so clever like I think it's it's very very cheesy because I think it's clever. Like they're playing into the whole Macbeth thing. So sometimes the characters say things that like no one would ever say out loud. Mm-hmm. But like it's a it's a Macbeth reference. So yeah. I'm like yeah, that's awesome. Like that's yeah. fun. Um, it's clever that she did that or she said that because that gives it, it's following what it needs to follow. Yeah. But it's like no one would ever say that to their yeah. friend or no one would ever ever. Um, but I I ate it up. I, yeah, I, like, I bet it's so good. Oh, I love that. Okay, that's a good one. Okay. And what... Ooh, I like this. If you wrote a book about your life, what would the title be? I know, it's a hard one. My title would be... (laughs) Isn't it crazy? I I don't even know if I have an answer for me. I know. It's just like something I recently was thinking about. My title would be... Where does she live now? <laughs> I love that. That's a good always, one. Always people are eyes my life are like, didn't you live there? And I'm like, yeah, I did. Because I've, I've moved like 80 times since I got to college. Even in college, I lived two dorms freshman year, lived off campus my senior or uh, my sophomore year I was abroad my fall a different apartment my spring and then I was in a different apartment like I lived like in eight different places just in four years of college since then I lived in two different apartments in LA two different apartments in New York two different apartments in northern Virginia uh and then my apartment in Richmond so I'm think I think or like what's her address like that is the name like where is she yeah so would you say that you are now a perfect packer? Like you can move, have no things, like have limited, yeah. really? I am an expert mover. Um, yeah. Now it's different. This next move, wherever I decide to go or whenever I decide to go, is going to be different because I'm living by myself. So I had to buy everything. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas before I was moving into an existing apartment. So all I had with me was like a dresser and a bed and like, Mm-hmm. my suitcase full of clothes and so that mm-hmm. was really simple but I'm like I've already purged my closet of stuff I'm going to give away um yep. or I'm making plans for what I'm going to do with certain things in my apartment no I'm a very I'm an extremely organized person mm. um just period but like yeah I'm a very efficient mover the first time I moved out of LA that was a mess but I've I've perfected the craft perfected it yeah mm, that's nice though that's I, you would be gosh there's so many places I love that book title though that sounds good <laughs> each chapter is a different place and you just like recount nobody knows nobody knows where I am ever I love that by the end it's a mystery so by the end the readers yeah. have to figure out where you live where does she live we don't know even I, I don't that. know oh my god I, don't know. <laughs> I love that so what book is on your list to read next I have, I brought it too, because I was hoping to maybe read it. Well, I have two. <clears throat> I have The Seven Heavens of Evelyn Hugo. That you haven't been... read that yet? No, it's been recommended Ooh. to me a gajillion times. Okay. Yep. yep. It's a good and one. And I think they're doing a movie adaptation. They're doing a movie adaptation oh. for a lot of her books or TV show, like Daisy okay. Jones and the Six. Oh, I, I just, or, I think I just ordered that one. Because um, yeah. I also I also do this, which I think probably you do and most people do is like I'm reading five books right now, but I'm ordering I just ordered like twelve. So I'm not a big buyer of books, unlike your oh, sister who spends oh, all of library. her money on books. I go to the library because I was moving so much and they're heavy, and I just like I didn't love having books on my shelf that I didn't like, and so I always mm-hmm. put them in like the donation boxes or whatnot, gave them away, and so I want to own the ones that like I love. And so I get them from the library. And then if I really love them or really like them, I will buy them. See, that's smart. I am taking a hundred years to read five books. So I, I buy them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that also kicks my butt into gear to like finish them. Right. Them. Like, yeah, that's I true. got three weeks, like get it together. Yeah. Except that's when true. all five of them come available at the same time and I have to put them back and get them back. And it's a nightmare. It takes me that's years. True. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and then the second one was In With the Devil, which is the book, the Blackbird book by James oh, Keene. Oh, In With the Devil. I need to write that down because I really loved the show and like the story. Really good. Um, yeah, a fallen hero, a serial killer, and a dangerous bargain for redemption. <gasps> Intrigue. That's so good. Yeah, Love so that. I wanted to read it because I was like, I know there's stuff obviously they didn't put in the show, so yeah. I've got to read it. Yeah. And so what are you reading now? Oh my God, so many things. <laughs> How much time we got? I'm still reading Bravey. I'm like halfway through Bravey. Um, I'm reading my mom's book, which is called Unwrap. Yes. Yeah, your mom just had a book come out. That's so exciting. I saw three copies on my parents' kitchen counter yesterday when I oh, went to have you? dinner with them. Yeah, my mom bought herself a copy. She bought one for uh, one of her coworkers' teachers who was a principal when I was TAing at their school. And awesome. for someone else another teacher friend but she has like three copies sitting there and it was so exciting to see oh it was so yeah. cool so your yes, it's very exciting um it's a book about the pursuit of justice for women educators so um it's co-authored with her business partner her name's Kendra uh, Washington Bass Dr. Kendra Washington Bass and um she is a black woman my mom is a white woman so they're writing from two completely different perspectives and um about being a woman in education and yeah those what those experiences are um as it pertains to trying to be a leader yeah. in that space very difficult yeah i'd um, love so no, to have them on this podcast i don't know if i could but i would love to yeah, they would yeah in a heartbeat yeah. yeah yeah totally i mean just text her <laughs> what are you guys she's upstairs <laughs> um so i'm like halfway through that one um i'm reading uh also reading uh i'm judging you by lovey uh, a J.I., I think is how you say her last name. Um, she is hysterical. Um, and so this is the kind of like self-helpy book that I was mentioning. It's not like, yeah, she's just writing about like, like different things that she judges other people on. And like in that way, it's self-help, right? Like, yeah. she's like, don't be that person that like the minute the plane lands, you stand up <laughs> when you're in row 400D. Yeah, by the bathroom you're mm-hmm. not getting off the plane first like mm-hmm. don't be the person that's it she's so funny i love she's that a public speaker yeah she's a comedian it's hysterical um so those are the three books i'm reading <laughs> all three of them all three of them how do you pick up at night like which one you're gonna read oh it's a toss-up oh i'm the i'm judging you one um is really easy to read like i'm flying through it yeah um the bravey one is uh heavy is like a little bit heavy just based on her personal experience and like I think the things that I think about when I read it yeah and so I have to pay really pay attention you know like really yeah. be in that space to like sit down and like really read it yeah um and then my mom's book I probably should just finish because she's my mom <laughs> and I owe it to her yeah and I should I'd probably just finish it um but I just started it um so I'm like more than halfway it's a super easy read too yeah um and their experiences that I kind of already know about because she's yeah, that's super cool. That's so exciting. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. so many books to write on my list now because you have like so many options for me. Well, Maddie, thank you for being here. Thank you yeah. for all of these books. How exciting! Thank you for this conversation. It's been amazing. I'm very yeah, grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, and everybody, stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you for listening to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. The Book Club episode. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, and if you're interested in any of the books that were discussed in this episode or any of the episodes, they're always listed in the show notes. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Unofficial Book Club Pod, and don't forget to rate and share with all of your friends. Until next time.